Good morning. Happy New Year to you all. Welcome to 2017. Don't you just love New Year's Day? You know, Bono from U2, they got a song that sings, All is Quiet on New Year's Day. And it is. It's just a lovely, quiet morning, isn't it? And uh, maybe you're sat there this morning with family. Maybe you're just sat drinking a cup of coffee, just starting out your day. Maybe like me, you're kind of reflecting on last year, some of the uh, events of last year. I've been looking through my Facebook feed here and looking at some of the highlights of what went on in my life and the life of my family over the last year. It was just really cool kind of scrolling back and remembering some of the things that we got up to in 2016. Back in March, my uh, family came over to visit from England and uh, I got the opportunity to actually go skiing with my dad and with my two sons. It was just such a great trip. Growing up as a kid, I used to ski with my parents and then I've skied since then with my sons but I've never had a chance to ski with my dad and my boys. And it was just great. We had a couple of days and we went out to the mountains and just looking at the pictures, it just brings it all back, that ski trip. What a great time we had. And then just flicking through here a little bit more, I can remember the summer in June. Maybe some of you remember the bike rides that we trained for, the ride from Washington to Chicago to raise money from Compassion. That was just such a highlight for me of 2016. Uh, it was in June, and our goal was to raise $5,000. We blew that out of the water. We actually raised $10,000 to help children in Ecuador, to help plant a church and a children's center in Ecuador. And I can remember training for that event and the hard work, but just that feeling when we were stood on Lakeshore Drive on that Saturday afternoon, having rid, rode, rode our bikes all the way from Washington to Chicago, just looking out in the city and thinking, wow, what an accomplishment. Here's a funny one. I can remember this wasn't very long ago at all. This was just back in November. Uh, I remember driving out to Roanoke with my son, Ben, 16 years old. It was his birthday and uh, he was going to get his driving license. And I was just blown away at the fact that my son is taking his driving exam to get a license. And I remember sitting there in the driver's facility and watching him walk out of the door with the, the examiner and walk across the street to the car. And I got up and I went to the window and I watched him get in. And then I watched her go to open the passenger door and it was locked. And I could just imagine the tension and the fear inside the car as he's scrambling to unlock the doors and let her in. And then in she got and they backed away. And I think I was more nervous than him that day as they drove off down the road. And then 10 minutes later, back he comes, pulls into the spot and comes walking in with just this big grin on his face. And uh, here he is, my son Ben with his driving license. Just some great highlights as I look back over 2016. Maybe you've not had a chance to do this yet. Maybe as a family, you haven't had a chance to kind of reflect on some of the highs of 2016. If you haven't done that yet, why not pause the video just now and take a moment and just talk about some of the, some of the events of 2016, some of those fun moments that you had as a family over last year. It's great, isn't it, to look back and to, to think about all the great things that happened over the previous year on a New Year's morning. As the new year is about to begin, you can kind of reflect back on the year previous. But it's funny now, I've been scrolling through Facebook, looking at some of my memories, and maybe some of you have come across this uh, post. I've seen it a few times now, pop up on my Facebook feed. It's a, it's a meme from a Chris Farley movie called Black Sheep. And if you've seen it, it's this short video clip and above and below the video clip, it's, uh, it says, when people ask me how 2016 has been so far. 
And then it's this video of Chris Farley just rolling down the side of this mountain. It's hilarious. He's just tumbling and somersaulting head over heels just, and he'll come to a stop and then he'll think he's reached the end and then he'll roll some more. And it's this idea that people are saying, man, that's kind of how my year has felt. When I look back at 2016, it's just felt like one somersault after another, just rolling and tumbling and falling down this mountain, just waiting to reach the end, waiting to get to the bottom. And sadly, some of us, as we look back on 2016, maybe that was your experience. Maybe you can relate to that video. When you look at that video, you think, you know what, that's kind of how my 2016 was. But you know, if you're watching this this morning and you're a follower of Jesus, I wonder if you thought about this. Because for me, it's really easy to look back at the the highs of 2016. It's really easy to look back at those great moments and just say, thank you, God. That was such a great moment just to, to praise God and to give him thanks and just to celebrate all the highs of the year. But when we look back on some of those tougher times, some of those difficult times, some of those moments that we wish would have just passed by a lot quicker, I wonder how easy it is in that moment to thank God for those times. Do you find it easy to look back on 2016 and think of some of those difficult moments that you went through, maybe as, as your, just by yourself or as a family? Do you find it easy to look back and thank God and praise God for those moments too? You see, it is a lot easier to thank God, isn't it, for the highs than it is for the struggles. But what if God's plan was that he wants to use some of those difficult moments to teach you more about him? Or what if he wants to use some of those difficult moments to teach you more about you and who he wants you to be? Maybe God was using some of those challenging times to shape and mold you into who you wanted to be. You see, the truth is that God has a wonderful plan for your life. And he wants you to be the best father, son, mother, daughter, son, employee. He wants you to be the best person you can be. And if you'll let him, he'll shape you and mold you into that person. But as he molds you into that person, sometimes it can be through those difficult times. You know, I'm sat here by this beautiful fire here. And I'm just thinking about fire. You know, fire is spoken about a lot in the Bible. And I remember hearing this story a long time ago about the refiner's fire. I don't know if you know this, but um, when they refine metals, when they refine gold... It's this very special process. You see, in the Old Testament, it actually talks about this process. It talks about the refiner's fire. You see, God loved the people of Israel. He loved them dearly. He would often reach out to them. He would often rescue them when they were in times of trouble. They would go through difficult times and they would at times turn their back on him. But in the times of difficulty, they would always cry out for help, always cry out to God in those times. And he would often hear their cry and respond. But sometimes they would find themselves making mistakes. Sometimes they would turn their back on him. And occasionally, in their stubbornness, God had to try and get their attention. And Isaiah, the prophet, talks about this in Isaiah chapter 48. He actually says in Isaiah 48 verse 10, he says, I have refined you, but not as silver is refined. Rather, I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. God paints this picture. He gives us this illustration of a time of suffering for the Israelites as being a time of of refining them, of God working in them, making them who he wants them to be. You know, I remember hearing about 
the refining process and, and how it works. When gold is refined, it's, when, it's, when it's first dug out of the ground, gold is this, this just in this um, raw form. And it's this, this metal that's full of all these impurities. And when they first dig gold out of the ground, before they can use it for anything, for jewelry, for coins, for anything like that, it has to be refined. So what happens is they take gold and, and they'll put it into this cauldron and they'll heat it up. And they'll heat it up so hot that the actual metal, the gold itself, starts to melt. And that solid gold forms, goes into liquid form. And as that gold starts to melt and as it starts to turn to liquid, you know, all the impurities that are in that gold, they start to float to the surface. And then the refiner, he has this tool and, and he'll reach across and he'll start to scrape away some of those impurities that are in that gold. And then he'll allow it to cool down. And then do you know what he does? He heats it right back up again. And as he heats it up again, this time there are more impurities that didn't surface the first time. They start to form and they start to come to the surface also. And then that refiner, he comes and he scrapes those away. And this process goes on again and again and again. And this is what Isaiah's talking about. This is what God's talking about in Isaiah 48 when he talks about refining them in the furnace of suffering. Because every time the heat is turned up, those impurities, they come to the surface and the refiner, he comes and he scrapes them away. And what's happening is each time those impurities are removed, the gold is becoming more and more pure and more like the precious metal and the gold that we know. This is what God was doing to the people of Israel. And it sounds painful, doesn't it? It sounds uncomfortable. Maybe even it sounds unkind. But it's important to realize what God says through the prophet Isaiah in the verse before. You see, he says in Isaiah chapter 48, verse 9, he says, Yet for my own sake and for the honor of my name, I will hold back my anger and I will not wipe you out. You see, as well as refineries, there's another industrial process that you may be familiar with that involves fire, and, and that's an incinerator. Many manufacturing plants and, and buildings like that, they'll have incinerators in them. Do you know what the dictionary says an incinerator does? It says it's an apparatus for burning waste material, especially industrial waste, at high temperatures until it is reduced to ash. That's what an incinerator does. It annihilates, it destroys, it reduces everything to ash. You know, an incinerator fire is different than a refiner's fire. An incinerator is designed to destroy, to wipe out, to annihilate. The refiner's fire is designed to mold and to shape and to purify. You know, we can look at fire and we can look at it as destructive or we can look at fire and we can look at it as a, something that's, that's designed to, to help make something better than it was before. This is what God was saying to the Israelites. I'm not going to destroy you, but I'm going to use this refining process to make you into who you need to be. And maybe that's what God's been doing in your life over this last year. Maybe you felt like you were in an incinerator. Maybe you felt like you were just, the, the situation you were going through, it was a destructive. You felt like, man, this is just God's, I just feel like I'm being destroyed here. But what if, what if instead of it being a destructive fire, it was that refiner's fire that God was using that moment in 2016 that you wish would just zip on by because you just, it was just such a difficult time for you or for your family. But maybe God was using that as a refining process 
to help kind of reveal some of those impurities, to help some of those impurities to rise to the surface so that he could sweep them away, make you more the pure person that he wants you to be. You know, in the New Testament, one of the disciples, Peter, he was one of Jesus' closest friends, one of his closest disciples. He was no stranger to suffering. As he ministered after the death of Jesus, as he preached and, and he went out to spread the message of Christianity, he faced much suffering in many different ways. And he actually wrote a letter and he talks about that suffering. Listen to what he says in 1 Peter chapter uh, 1, verse 7. He says, So be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than gold. So as 2017 kicks off this morning, as you look ahead for the year to come, maybe behind you, you've looked back at 2016, you've celebrated some of the highs. But maybe you've looked back on some of those difficult times and you, you kind of want to just sweep them away and say, I'm glad 2016 is behind me. I feel like that guy rolling down the mountain. I'm just glad that it's over. But maybe this morning it's reflecting back on 2016 and saying, maybe God, were you in those moments? Was there something in those trials? Was there something you were wanting to do? Was that a refining fire moment in my life? And as well as thanking him this morning for the good things that happened in 2016, maybe this morning it's saying, thank you, God, for those difficult times as well. Maybe it's asking him, God, what were you trying to teach me in those times? What, what were you trying to teach me about you? What were you trying to teach me about yourself? You know, if you listen to the band singing those songs earlier, one of the songs they sang was a, a wonderful song called Even When It Hurts. The lyrics were so challenging. One of the verses, it says, Even when my strength is lost, I'll praise you. Even when I have no song, I'll praise you. Even when it's hard to find the words, louder than I'll sing your praise. There's just something about being able to praise God during those difficult times. To praise Him when things are going well. To thank and praise Him for the highlights of 2016. But to be able to thank and praise Him for those struggles during 2016 as well. Knowing that God is a God not of the incinerator fire. He's not a destructive God, but a refiner's fire. That he was even using those difficult moments to shape you and to mold you into who he wants you to be. You know, when it comes to that refining process, I'm going to close with this thought. You know, when those people used to refine gold, they would heat it up and it would, the impurities would come to the surface, they'd scrape it off. Then he'd heat it up again and then he'd scrape it off and this refiner would do this again and again. And it said, you know, that the way he knew that all the impurities are gone, the way that he knew that the gold had reached its, its status of pure gold was that he could look over into that liquid gold, look into that liquid metal and it was so pure that he could see his face reflected in it. You know, I think God wants to purify our lives. I think that that refining process is because he wants to be reflected in our lives. So as you thank God for the good times of 2016, as maybe you thank God this morning for the struggles of 2016, I challenge you that your prayer for 2017 will be, God, use these times, use the good times, use the tough times 
that people may see your face reflected in my life. Happy New Year to all of you. Have a great 2017. I am looking forward to seeing you all back at the middle school next Sunday morning. Use this moment maybe now just to to pray a prayer together as a family or pray with the person you're with right now. Thank him for 2016 and ask him to be with you even more, to shape you and mold you even more into who he wants you to be in 2017. Even when my strength is low.